Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matson. As we know, tomorrow there will be a special session of the legislature, and here to help us break it down is Senate President Stuart Adams. Uh, President, thanks for joining us. Hey, good to be with you, Boyd. Wonderful. Well, we know there's uh, a number of things on the agenda, some of the things left off the agenda, but I want to focus what's uh, what's on today, uh, starting with okay. the uh, $1.6 billion from the America Rescue Plan uh, and how that is going to be divvied up and used. And uh, so I, w- I want to look at this from a couple of angles, President uh, Adams, and that is, one, we, we often talk about it in terms of priorities, uh, plural, uh, and uh, I've done my research there. Uh, the word was original, just a singular thing. It was a priority. <laughs> so are are we going to scatter the dollars across all kinds of priorities, or do we really have a priority? What like What is the A number one most important thing when it comes to this, this money coming in that the legislature needs to prioritize tomorrow? Well, uh, Utah manages its fair affairs well, and we're the best managed state in the nation. We've been recognized as the best economy, and we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we uh, do that with this money. And so, part of the process is we've got a 1.5 or six billion dollars. Uh, we're only going to appropriate tomorrow uh, less than a third of it uh, for critical things, but and then we're going to put the other two thirds. In buckets, we, we've looked at critical areas, uh, water, mental health, uh, all those type of things, and infrastructure, and we're going to put the, the remaining $1.1 billion into those buckets, and we're going to go through the process of trying to prioritize the spending. But, again, we manage our affairs well, and uh, there are some things that we're going to do right away. And, and I, 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 again, our economy is one of the best in the nation, and I, I think we just are very pleased with where we're at. Yeah, well, and I think the fact that uh, we are in that space because of the way we're managed, it, it does allow us to take this kind of money – and look at the priority a little bit differently. A lot of states, of course, are just having to take whatever federal money they get and use it to shore up some things or to, to fill some holes, some debts and deficit spending they've done. Uh, so it, you're absolutely right that Utah is uniquely positioned. Uh, and I love the fact that you're only really appropriating uh, about a third of that for immediate spending and the others will be prioritized uh, based on some some buckets. What do you suspect some of the conversations are going to be up on Utah's Capitol Hill tomorrow as it relates to kind of the long haul of these funds and, and where they get appropriated? 
Well, we're we're going to focus on some some critical issues uh, in the appropriations. One is affordable housing. Uh, one of the uh, tough things in a in a very uh, good economy is is it seems like housing always becomes unaffordable when our economy is so good, and that is a critical issue right now. Uh, we also want to make sure that the vaccines are are uh, as broadly as possible available to those who want to to take advantage of them. So we'll we'll appropriate some money directly for that those that vaccine effort. Uh, we we have spent almost five hundred million dollars in unemployment insurance for our state unemployment fund. Our employers and small employers are going to get a rate increase. And we're trying to offset that rate increase. Uh, they say that it'll take about $200 million to do that. We're going to appropriate uh, of these uh, uh, ARPA monies about $100 million to try to keep our employers from having to do those unemployment rate increases and, and uh, again, uh, a burden. So we are going to appropriate things. Uh, mental health is a big deal, and we need to focus on it, too. So the discussion will be pretty vigorous, and we're already having those discussions because we're in committee meetings today. That's right. Anything from the committee meetings today, and uh, are there any areas that – uh, maybe we're not talking about uh, on that list of uh, issues uh, for tomorrow. Well, one of the issues is access to the courts. Uh, it's been a little bit challenging because we've we have had uh, you know a, a kind of remote access. So we're going to appropriate uh, twenty thirty million dollars to try to help the courts move along because uh, access to justice is so important. And then the cities and counties. Are all got money. We got $1.6 billion, but I think they got well over a billion dollars also. And we think it's good to try to, to coordinate with them. Mm. So we're going to appropriate probably $50 million into a local matching fund to be able to try to, to leverage those dollars and, again, manage them the best way that we can. Uh, I love that uh, you're looking at those kind of matching programs because mm-hmm. often there's something that a, a city or a county would look at and say, well, we can – we can get partway there, but not all the way there. So then maybe they put it off or procrastinate on it. And uh, I think using these kinds of funds for that kind of uh, activity can can really help those, especially those rural communities. Absolutely. Uh, you know, again, we feel extremely fortunate. Uh, uh, U.S. News and World Report rated Utah as the best economy in the nation. Uh, the rich states, poor states, that's their economic analysis of states and for the 14th year in a row last week they they rated us the number one state in the nation if you'd have told me a year ago with shutting to after we shut down all the businesses and we were isolating that we would have the type of economy that we have today in utah i would not have believed you and i think it's uh, in large part due to the way that our citizens have managed the, the covid crisis we took efforts to open up businesses a year ago in may and it's proved out well, and we, we've tried to manage the fatalities, too. So our future is so bright in Utah, and it's, uh, it's, it's, I think it's the, obviously I'm biased, but I think it's the best spot, not in, in, in the United States, but probably in the world to live in. We're fortunate to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Senate President Stuart Adams joining us on the line. Uh, we'll get you, let you get back to your uh, committee hearings and meetings and uh, special session tomorrow. Uh, I'm sure we'll have you back to talk about how that all plays out. Uh, Stuart Adams, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm looking forward to being with you. Thanks, boy. All right. Again, that's Senate President Stuart Adams joining us. And uh, as he mentioned, you know, Utah is a very uniquely positioned 
uh, from anywhere, not just in the United States, but anywhere in the world in terms of coming out of the pandemic. Uh, economy is strong. Communities are strong. We have issues, to be sure, and uh, those need to be dealt with. And I think this is one of those unique seasons where I think the legislature and the governor can be incredibly strategic in terms of how those funds get used and leverage to prepare for future growth. And, of course, one of the areas that uh, we've been keeping our eye on is the Inland Port. And there's some news coming out today about the Inland Port. We're going to talk about that coming up next. Uh, Inland Port Authority's Chief Operating Officer, uh, Jill Flyger is going to join us to uh, break down uh, an announcement today and uh, what that actually means. And to me, this is all just part and parcel of Utah being positioned not just to be a great crossroads to the West, but really a crossroads to the world. There is no place better positioned coming out of this pandemic uh, for all the right reasons uh, to really lead out in so many different ways. And so that crossroads to the world moment, I think, is here. And uh, we're going to break it down and get very specific about the inland port coming up next. Uh, As I mentioned, uh, Inland Port Authority's Chief Operating Officer, Joe Flyger, will join us very big announcement coming out about the inland port today talk about how it impacts all of us coming up next two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 